Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you run a business, you feel like you're doing everything all on your own, but that doesn't have to be the case. I'm driven to help businesses grow, scale, and lead a business that's driven by purpose, but the mental health is a huge part of my day-to-day work and being, really. I'm very much aware of it, and I would just urge people to to make sure the relationships they've got are solid and they are meaningful and you are working with the people that you genuinely work with. Welcome listener to Beyond the Balance Sheet. I'm Ashley Bloom and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we talk about business owner isolation and how you don't have to feel alone when running your business. This week, we talk to Bradley Plax, co-founder at To Augment, a strategic advisory business who help businesses scale up and achieve their goals. We had an amazing chat about the journey that led him to where he is today and how his battle with mental health changed the direction of his business. Bradley, welcome to the Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. I am so pleased you were able to join us and I can't wait to get stuck in. But to kick things off, I'd just love to hear who you are, what you do, why do you do it? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Really pleased to be here. Welcome. So my name is Bradley Plax. Um... Currently working as a advisor, stroke non-exec director, primarily for recruitment businesses, but for also high-growth SME businesses as well. My background is predominantly recruitment. I got into the industry 26, 27 years ago now. Since then, I've owned a, a number of recruitment and uh, recruitment tech businesses. I'm involved in a corporate finance business that specializes within mergers and acquisitions within the same space. I've also got an initial qualification in counselling and therapy, and I'm driven to help businesses grow, scale, and lead a, lead a business that's driven by purpose and very much people first. So that's really what I what I do at the moment. Amazing. And can you just talk me through your journey? How did it all begin, and how did you sort of get from there to where you are today? Hard work, I suppose, would be the the obvious answer. I left school at 16 without any qualifications. I was only ever interested in getting to work and starting to make money. Yeah. I fell into recruitment in my very early 20s, having worked in the estate agency for five years and wanted to get back to seeing Arsenal for, for, my, <laughs> for my sins and I was fed up working at the weekend, so went into recruitment and it just clicked. And after five years, having run someone else's business, 
I then set up my first business. And from there on in, just focused on creating opportunities for those that I work with in order to be able to develop some true value, uh, built some good businesses. Not everything's gone to plan. There's been a couple that haven't gone so well, but <laughs> ideally that, that all adds up into the mix and you, you learn more from your mistakes than you do some of your successes. And um, over the years, worked with some really good people because at the end of the day, you have to work with some good people in order to be able to achieve an element of success. And we've, we've worked really hard. I love the space that I'm in. I've been really passionate about it from the moment I entered the industry. Um, and now business in general, whether it's recruitment on, or, or, or not, with the experience that I've got, I work with businesses um, of all shapes and sizes. But the common theme is the fact that the owners want to be able to develop. They want to develop themselves. They want to create value, but they also want to develop their people as well. Yep. And no matter what space we're in, it is all about the people at the end of the day. And if we work well with our people and we create the right kind of culture, we can create really successful businesses, even if the world is in a difficult stage at the moment with the pandemic. Of course. And you were the co-founder of Broadbean. Can you talk me through how that came about and you ended up selling and what yes. that kind of journey was, how you scaled up, how you grew it all the way through to exit? Yeah, sure. So it actually starts before Broadbean. I set my first business up in 1999, which was a recruitment business. And we built that up to a reasonable size. I think we had about 60 odd people working for us mm-hmm. over a couple of years. The market became difficult in 2001 when the when there was issues in the telco market. And as a consequence, we were just looking at a couple of new ventures. And actually, at the same time, I set up a medical recruitment business, which... I ended up selling to a company called Healthcare Locums in 2006. But we also set up Broadbean, which was a tech play to help the recruitment industry be more efficient with the way they post their jobs. My original business partner uh, and I founded it. We had another partner that joined us not long afterwards, and um, he in particular took that to another level. My role within Broadbean was very much from a a direct, but non-exec director role during the initial stages to be able to help from behind the scenes, as it were, um, because my focus was on the medical recruitment business. But the business grew, and it grew very, very quickly. It was very much focused on culture. It was focused on good service. It was focused on good product. And the thing is, it is all about getting all of those things right. It's not just getting one of those things right. And with a mix of a great team, with a mix of a great product and excellent customer service, and we had a great reputation, and we ended up selling to the Daily Mail Group in 2008. And what would you say is your biggest business success so far in terms of everything that you've done? It's an interesting question because most people define success by monetary value. I'm not necessarily convinced that is always the case. Well, good, because this podcast is beyond the balance sheet. So <laughs> it's about a lot more than that. So if I look back over my career, the thing that really stands out for me is when I know I've had a significant impact on individuals for whatever reason, hopefully it was positive, being able to help them progress and being able to influence where their personal journey has gone. And when you know you've had that kind of impact on someone, for me, that is more rewarding than anything else. Yes, I want to create value. Yes, I want to be able to make money. Nothing's changed in that regard. There's a big difference between your purpose and your 
mission and what inspires you versus your goal. So when I speak to business owners at the moment and I ask them what their purpose is and they say they want to achieve X number of pounds, I let them know that I think that's their goal. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that as a goal, but don't confuse that with your purpose. My purpose, for example, is working with business owners and their senior leadership teams to help them become the best versions of themselves in order to create the best versions of their business. Yeah. If I do the first, the second happens, and then it feeds my goal, which is to make money. However, I'm not driven by the making money as the first point of order, because if I do the other things, then the money will follow. And I think over the years, I didn't necessarily appreciate that when I was younger, and it's only through certain life experiences and when you, when you reflect on things in the past where you break it down, that truly is, for me, the my definition of success when I know I've had that impact on people because it means that you've, you've done something in a really positive way rather than it all being about me. When you make it about other people, you can actually end up getting more yourself as a consequence. I think my greatest achievement, knowing where I've had an impact on people and knowing that that still stands the test of time today. And with that said, what would you say is your business superpower? So it goes without saying that you've seen amazing successes, but what is it that you do in yourself that nobody else can do? So it's an interesting question because that goes into your USPs, your unique selling points. And when you just look at the business population at the end of the day, it's hard to necessarily say that you've got something that's completely unique so I'd actually possibly rephrase the question because it isn't necessarily something about that's unique it's about the authenticity that you go through with the work that you do and I think that's where I try to set my standard because you can say the right things but do you mean them and there's a big big difference so the more transparent you are the more open you are the more honest you are the more authentic you are today I think, enables you to build relationships. And if you build relationships, you can build businesses because when you become very transactional, you might make money, but you won't create value. Yeah. And there's a big difference between a pound of value and a pound of profit. And ultimately, what I try to do is help businesses grow their value. There's been much talk over the last couple of years around this, so it's, it's not unique to me, but I 100% buy into it. If you look at the new CEO, it's actually the chief empathy officer. And if you look at what a business is about today, and I've done quite a few talks around it, I 100% believe you can build a business based on kindness and compassion as a core component. I don't think that was spoken about many years ago, and it certainly wasn't when I started my career. But if you just look at the way the world is changing, if you look at some of the social injustices out there in society that we are all bothered by, if you build something with kindness and compassion, you will generate more revenue and more profit for your business in my opinion but I think what's more important than ever is just the way we communicate not only with our customers but also with our staff in particular and as I say that new look CEO if you get that bit right and you can win the hearts and minds of people I think you build a bigger and better business. Yeah and it's it's interesting the way you speak because I mean I know that we believe that if we get our culture and our people's experience right internally at Refingers, we know that that is absolutely essential in delivering the best service possible. And in delivering the best service possible, you achieve the goals. They are all so connected in terms of your employee and your internal culture. 
meaning that you can create an amazing culture and therefore deliver an amazing experience and service. And during kind of times like these, which are really tricky, it's so important to ensure, as you say, your clients, yes, are super important, but the way that you treat your staff is as well. And I think that's a really important message to put out. Many of the clients that I'm working with are really focused on their team because it's how you are judged today. And they, most people don't have a business if they don't have staff. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the reality, certainly in service-led businesses as well. And I think if you want to be able to create true value, as I mentioned earlier on, there's a major difference between a pound of value and a pound of profit. Yeah. So if you're looking to create true value, you have to be able to take everyone that you work with on a journey. So I've done a few talks this year, which I call PPP, which is Purpose, Performance and Profit. And purpose-led businesses in 2020 and beyond will create significantly more value than those that aren't. Because a transactional-based business can only ever go so far because our world now is all about relationships. In work, outside work, the relationships you have will determine the life you have, the connections you have and the opportunities that present themselves to you. So if you get the purpose right, what you do is you take everyone internally on a journey with you because they're brought into the bigger picture. And if we ever look at what the staff are going to be like in the future, by default, it's the younger generation that will come through. And the younger generation today are driven by things that are more important than just making money. doesn't mean they're not motivated by making money, but social issues, the environment, sustainability, climate change, whatever it may well be. If you are working with customers that are truly motivated in certain areas, it makes sense that you can align a purpose that complements that. And I think staff want to see that you are responsible and that you're aware of the, the surroundings around you. So if you can create a purpose that everyone can buy into, you will take your staff on a journey, you'll take your customers on a journey with you. If you can do that, that builds trust and loyalty, which means you can retain your workforce. By default, if you get that, it improves performance. And it doesn't take a genius to work out that if performance is improved, therefore the profits will, will improve. But it all comes from having that purpose in the first place and making sure the values that you stand for are well thought out but also very well communicated and they want to come to work, whether they're working from home or not is academic. But if they just want to be part of your company, they will work harder for you. And if they work harder for you because they believe in you and they believe in what you stand for, you will build a better business. Some of the work that I do is working with owners to be able to identify what that purpose is, what the values are that support that, because you've got to look at the culture, you've got to look at the sales performance, you've got to look at the KPIs, and you, you need KPIs in a business, but they've got to reflect modern culture. Now, I want to talk mistakes with you. Now, mistakes is a funny word that people use and everyone's, especially young employees starting out in a new company or a new job, you know, they're so nervous to make mistakes. But what I'm interested to find out is what your view is on mistakes. And are there any mistakes that you've made that you are absolutely thrilled that you made because enabled you to kind of achieve something different (laughs) okay so I'm not sure I'm thrilled about making any mistakes however I'm certainly aware that I I would have made some arguably many the thing is with mistakes it's about having the ability to self-reflect yeah and if you can 
look yourself in the mirror and realize what you could have done better, you can then make amends and improve next time. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, a, a, a mistake when people are frightened to own up to something, we are all human. And no matter how much experience you have, how much success you've had, human nature means we don't get all things right all the time. And I think mistakes should be owned. Absolutely, you have to own it. And if you own it, you can then learn from it, yeah? And it could be something that may well have had a, a financial impact. That's one one side of the coin. But equally, a mistake could be just simply how you've communicated in a meeting. There's so many different things that we should look at and just challenge ourselves. How do we make it better? So some of the stuff I do with my clients is we, we look at trying to set the standard. What is the standard for the work they want to do? And if you come in and you've done your day and you've reflected on your day and you can say to yourself, I've worked at the, to the best of my ability today. I've hit the targets I need to set. I've done this, I've done that, I've done the other. That's the standard. When you come back into work tomorrow, you know what the minimum level of acceptable behaviour is. And if you're going below that standard from the day before, then you just need to be able to be honest with yourself and challenge yourself as to why. I think if you've got a culture that's honest and open and transparent and engaging one where you are trying to win hearts and minds so that you can help people develop then mistakes and part a parcel of that and as a result allow people the ability to hold their hands up without fear allow people the ability to come and talk to you without thinking it's going to result in them losing their job because that's how they learn because it's inevitable that we've all made mistakes. And as leaders, as business owners, I can guarantee you've also made mistakes. It's not just your staff that make mistakes. It's business owners as well. And also respect the fact that they're going to come and tell, tell you about it as well. Yeah. Because not many people do, or they don't feel they can, as I say, create a culture whereby there is that and people are not working in fear. I think you'll get better performance. And what would you say has been the toughest challenge that you've experienced so far in terms of your entire journey? And how did you overcome that challenge? There was a couple of business issues when the market has changed and you've got to make some really difficult decisions. And back in 2001, we had a big telecoms company that went under owing us lots of money. We needed to make some uh, immediate decisions. It was very, very stressful. It was very difficult. There was a few casualties in terms of job losses. You try to deal with it in the most empathetic way. These, these things happen. And ultimately, whenever you get a bad situation like that, I would urge everyone to bear in mind how they treat their staff. So if I look at COVID, for example, with the way people have treated their staff with the furlough and those that put them on furlough, those that didn't, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it will be remembered how well you looked after your staff. And if you were unable to look after them, it will be remembered how it was communicated. And if you've done it in a, in a way with empathy, and if you've done it in a way with compassion, that will be remembered. If you haven't, that will also be remembered. And at the end of the day, I think those that look after people will get the best returns. Going back to my own challenges, I went through a personal challenge a few years ago, went through a really difficult time with a incredibly acrimonious divorce. I call it my three Ds, divorce, depression, and discovery. 
And it really affected me in a really, really bad way. Didn't think it would. On paper, it should have been simple. Turned into World War Three. It's a familiar story. But the impact that it had on me was quite severe. Fell into some depression, needed help, needed to get some therapy. And I was in a bad place, dark, dark place for a long, long time. The impact it had on my life, I just didn't expect. Impacted work, impacted relationships, and, and I did struggle for a period of time. Off the back of it, though, the discovery piece was that I really wanted to help people in, in, in a far bigger way. Hence doing what I do at the moment. I'm, I'm not afraid to say I want to make money doing what I do, but I'm also driven by the purpose. And that was as a result of a really dark place with the depression. And I went out there and I got an initial qualification in counselling therapy. I was really passionate about helping people going through similar experiences to myself, in particular men, because I don't think men talk about things like this. Having gone through that training, I realised actually where I can best serve people and actually use my own skills is to tie in with the advisory and non-exec work. But the mental health is a huge part of my day-to-day work and being, really. I'm very much aware of it. I mean, Suicide Prevention Day, there was lots of talk around that whole movement on LinkedIn. And it's the more we can talk about difficult subjects like that, the more we can remove stigma. And if we can remove stigma, we can make the world a slightly better place. And uh, my view with things like that is that it, it really is okay to not be okay. It, it is sometimes super brave to be able to come out and talk. But you need people to be able to go and talk to. You need to be able to communicate how you feel because more often than not, there are so many people out there that just want to help and support. But if you don't put your head above the parapet and, and reach out, sometimes it is, it is difficult. So that was a really difficult period in my life. However, what came off the back of it was super powerful, great learning experience, met, met with some great people. And it's definitely had an impact on me in terms of the way I do business today and the way I am with people. Even though it was a very dark time, the positives that have come out of it, I, I really appreciate and it's, it's interesting you say that because my next question was going to be how your battle with mental health did change your mindset towards business. But I think what's interesting is that everyone that I seem to speak to that has gone through something like this or suffered a loss or whatever it might be, something that's kind of knocked them sideways, they seem to have really found this new sense of self and purpose and the impact that that's had in their kind of business decisions, their work-life balance and kind of all of those things is just such a testament to how much these things do happen for a reason, I guess, whether you know it at the time or not. I think what I've realised and what I appreciate now is the, the value of relationships and actually meaningful relationships, friends, business, I think I value maybe more than I did before, because you recognise that actually not all the relationships you've got in your life are actually that meaningful. And it also shows that you can't always control what other people are thinking and doing. And therefore, if you are at whole with yourself and you're comfortable with what you're doing and what you're communicating and what you stand for, you realise actually it's not about making sure that you can win everyone that you engage with. It's actually making sure that you're engaging with the people that you want to engage with and that you're comfortable with the people around you. And I think having good people in your life is really important, but I also think it's really important to actually know when to exit from bad people. Yeah. Because whatever it may well be, 
if you surround yourself with people that are no good for you, that are negative, that just drain that energy from you, it, it becomes exhausting. And actually what you can't do is, is function. And I think there are many good people out there. And I would just urge people to, to make sure the relationships they've got are solid and they are meaningful and you are working with the people that you genuinely want to work with and you are friends with the people that you genuinely want to be friends with. And for me, I think that's true in personal and business life. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think this is such an important message because so many people look at successful business owners and just think they've got it all. There's so much more to it. And I think business owners are the first to admit that they feel so unbelievably isolated because, you know, they're owning these businesses and they do feel like they're doing it alone. And then on the flip side, they've also got personal battles that they might be dealing with. And you don't realise that, I think, when you're first stepping into business, that you're about to undergo this quite isolating journey that maybe doesn't need to be so isolating if as you say you surround yourself with the right team the right people 100 percent. look my view is everyone bar none has an element of crap in their life business or personal it's human nature it's the life we lead we all deal with it in a different way but it's very 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 rare that someone could hold their hands up and say they have the pitch perfect life and as far as running a business is concerned, my I I've loved every minute of owning my businesses, even the challenges deep down I've, I've I've enjoyed. However, it's also incredibly lonely. When it's going well and it's great, it's it's wonderful. When it's not going so well, it is the loneliest job in the world because the pressure is all on you. Everything 
revolves around you. You are responsible for the finances. You are responsible for the people that you work with. You have to make decisions that sometimes can be incredibly hard. So important that you have somebody that you can talk to, that you can use as a sounding board, that can give you an opinion, that can listen to you. There's a big difference between listening to understand versus listening to respond, yeah? Sometimes we just need to shut up and hear what someone is saying because then you can really understand what they're going through. And if somebody is in need of advice and need of help and they're, they're speaking to me as a business advisor or even on a personal level, I always do my best just to try and hear them because sometimes we people are talking but we're not hearing them. And we've got to allow people the opportunity to get what they need off their chest so you can really truly work out how you can help them. And also work out whether you're the right person to help them or if you need to try to get somebody else involved to help them because you can't solve every problem, be it business or personal. But I do think it can be an incredibly lonely job, but it's also such a wonderful job. And it's about, as I said, if you've got the right team around you, if you've got the right advisors around you, you can make the right business decisions. And I think business now is, it entwines in every part of our life. So the work I do with my clients, I've had so many conversations about what's going on in their personal life as well as their business life, because everything, as I say, is interlinked. It's very difficult to separate one side of life to the other side of life. And what would you say to a young business owner who's just kind of starting out? What would your key bit of advice be for that person? Have advisors, because at the end of the day, don't go it alone. There's people out there that have gone through similar things that you're about to go through. There are people that can steer you away from certain pitfalls. But ultimately, having somebody to share the ideas with, having somebody to be a sounding board that's willing to say no to you, that's willing to say that you're not necessarily making the right decision, or alternatively is able just to confirm you are making the right decision, I think is vital. Because if you haven't got that, you never quite know whether you are going down the right road or not. And the reasons why I do what I do is because I want to be able to help people grow. But you, I, I look back, if I could do have my time again, absolutely, I would have hired advisors much earlier in my career. Now, I've had them throughout my career in different businesses, but I would have definitely brought them in earlier because I think every business of substance out there has a team of people that aren't directly connected to the business to help the business. And there's a reason for that. As you say, it combats having that advisor doesn't just give you that clear kind of direction of somebody who's been there and got the experience, but it's also, it gives you that sense of you've got someone to talk to, as you said, a sounding board. So that whole business owner isolation problem is immediately kind of resolved from the get-go. It doesn't need to be that, you know, you start a business and for 10, 15 years, you're in it alone. And then suddenly you realise you want an advisor. That could come so much sooner, but I think people just don't think about it because they're on this venture and, you know, they're just trying to Absolutely. get going. You get a good team of people around you, you'll get from A to B a little bit quicker and with a little bit more sanity. And if you can do that, I think it makes the journey more enjoyable. And lastly, what's next for you? What's next for your business? I'm going through an exciting rebranding process but I'll share that at an appropriate time in the future. But going through that at the moment, which I'm really excited about, developing the business both here in the US. I've got some clients in America as well. So the business is becoming more global. I think business is global, has been for many, many, many years. 
but with the clients that I'm working for, there's opportunities here and the other side of the pond. So that's really exciting. Mm. And in terms of what's next, it's about working with companies that are really driven by generating purpose-led businesses and being able to help them develop that because I get a real sense of achievement if I know I've been able to impact the clients I'm working with, be able to get on their journey at a much quicker and faster pace. And if I know that I've done my bit there, I find that really rewarding. Absolutely. I completely agree. Thank you so much, Bradley, for joining us on Beyond the Balance Sheet. I massively appreciate it. And I know all of our listeners are going to be hugely, hugely inspired by your views on business. So thank you so much. What an incredibly inspiring conversation. I think one of the key takings from that is that you just don't need to be alone as a business owner. You don't need to feel isolated. It's never too early to get yourself a mentor, to get a great sounding board, and just to be surrounded by a great team and great people who can essentially offer you really, really good advice. If you liked this episode, go have a listen to the rest of the series. We are Raffingers and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at Raffingers. Alternatively, you can check out our website www.raffingers.co.uk. I've been your host, Ashley Bloom, and this has been Beyond the Balance Sheet. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.